0: Hello, and welcome to the Immersive Chemistry Podcast, a podcast which examines the intersection of chemistry, chemical engineering, game design, educational sciences, and technology. In each episode, we explore the impact of immersive learning research on these fields through interviews and discussion. As always, I'm joined by my co host, Jesse. Jesse, how are you today?
1: I'm doing great, Tim. Thank you. Uh, freezing in Belgium, actually.
0: Is there snow on the ground there?
1: Oh, yes, yes. It's been like this for at least two or three days, like without any snow, but still, you know, it's maybe minus 10 or something. So, yeah, snow all around.
0: So I'm in Delft and it's also snowing here. Well, there's not snowing anymore, but some of the canals are freezing over and people are getting very excited about being able to skate on the canals. (laughs) So... um. Yeah, let's hope that it continues for a little bit longer so some of my Dutch colleagues can get their skating fix. So what have we got in store for today?
1: Our guest today uh, is Sarah Pascal. Uh, she works at ACTA, at the Digital Learning Solutions Department, and we are very happy to have her here. Um, well, ACTA is one of the beneficiary institutions of Charming. Uh, with with together with other companies so well we are lucky to have her as a guest today so maybe without further ado let's say welcome to sarah and see how how is she today
0: hello sarah welcome
1: hello
2: hi tim and jessica um thank you for inviting me to one of your podcasts i'm very excited to be here
0: it's very nice to have you, particularly um, somebody from yeah another another group of another group of people we've been working a lot with on the Charming Project at ACTA. We had uh, we had the opportunity to actually go out and visit um, ACTA, the whole um, Charming Project at the at the beginning of the um, at the beginning of our time working on it, and yeah, it's quite an impressive um, impressive training uh, facility you have there. Um, Maybe we can begin with by having you introduce yourself a little bit about your background, uh, maybe a little bit about ACTA and sort of your role there.
2: Okay, well, um, as Jesse already mentioned, um, my name is Sarah, Sarah Pascal, um, and I am involved in a charming project because I work for ACTA. And ACTA is a training center for operators and technicians in the chemical and process industry. Um, We have training programs for future operators and technicians, as well as trainings for people already in the field. And even trainings for um, the management, um, more specifically concerning safety awareness. Now, at ACTA, I'm working on different projects, um, and the common theme in all of them is education, training, and learning. I work together with our trainers. They have the technical, chemical, or physical knowledge, and I take care of the didactic, pedagogic, and educational aspect. Now, that is because I have a Bachelor in Teaching, more specifically for the subjects French and History. And in addition, I also have a degree in Business Management. Now, the past five years, I've worked in different schools and training centers, going from the very youngest, children of six years old who need to learn how to write and read, as well as noisy and stubborn teenagers, even refugees who need to learn the Dutch language, up to people in their 50s who want to start their own business. Now, um, this wide experience has given me a lot of insight and understanding in how people learn and how they need to um, study certain subjects, all the organization and anticipation it takes to prepare a training, and today at ACTA, I use my knowledge and skills to help our trainers with their training programs and to develop new projects.
0: Okay, thank you very much. That's um, You've really had an interesting interesting career, career path all the way up until ACTA now. And I can see, um, I mean, what's really interesting is the fact that ACTA saw how important it was to bring in, yeah, somebody with practical and... I guess theoretical experience with a teaching degree as well that's something that um, that that's interesting did did they have anybody like that before you began at ACTA or are you the first sort of pedagogist at the company well
2: um, there are some trainers who have a degree in teaching um, but yeah that's for most of them, like already 20 years ago, and uh, they tend to focus on the content and the, the didactic and pedagogic knowledge um, was a bit uh, left behind, um, I would say. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that um, ACTA uh, thinks that that aspect is also important. Um, as I told, I have no chemical background, but actually they they see it as a strength because I ask questions as as a, let's say, a nobody in chemistry. um, But sometimes they have to really rethink things and and say, yeah, that's actually a good question. I I hadn't thought about it. Um, And they need to um, really, how would I explain that? crack their brains when I ask certain things. It's, it's not easy to explain what they're doing to someone who has no chemical experience, but if they can explain it to me, um, it will be definitely uh, sharp and clear in their lessons.
1: Sarah, so, so you mentioned that ACTA, um, now it's uh, well, the, the business model is to, to provide trainings uh, for the chemical industry. So these types of trainings, can you describe it a little bit more? Is it uh, like in a typical classroom, or do you use immersive technologies, or what? What sort of, of characteristic does this training have?
2: Yeah. So the the trainings at ACTA are um, always based on actually um, doing things. There's um, a small. There's a. Um, there's a start apart always in a classroom in the morning, like half an hour or an hour with some theoretical knowledge. But then our trainers always go into the installation, into the, the training plant, and um, they really need to be active and uh, do things. But... Immersive technology is something we have only been using like the last two years here at ACTA. Um, my colleague Hans really believes that it's um, a path we need to follow. It's something ACTA cannot stay behind in. Um, and that's also the reason why I'm here today to to help Hans um, and ACTA develop uh, new projects.
0: I think one of the impressive things I um, found when we did sort of visit ACTA is Hans, who who you mentioned that you work with. He seems to have a vision that immersive technologies, be that virtual reality or augmented reality, will actually play a role in the learning experience in ACTA at some stage. And I think we're going to hear more about that with some prototypes we're going to discuss. But he also sees it as a complementary technology, and it's not going to replace everything at the at the plant or the pilot plant at the moment. Um, but maybe you can actually talk about the specific immersive technologies that ACTA has been using or exploring um, over, I guess, the last year or so.
2: Yeah, so um, we have a few different projects right now concerning immersive technology. Um, one of them is a VR project for future operators. Now, uh, what did we do? We were together with developers um, who created a digital version of our plant here, our installation. Um, They used a 360 camera and they made thousands of pictures in our plant and afterwards they stitched them together and created a 360 environment. Now, why did we choose this technology? Because using pictures, um, it allows to see a lot more details, like for example, tag names or temperature or pressure. And then after weeks of testing, going back and forward, making adaptations, they delivered us uh, four uh, VR glasses, uh, who can stream also wireless to laptops, with also the option to save and download all steps uh, taken by the trainees, which is very interesting. We can see uh, the exercises that they did, the answers they gave, um, where they went, uh, their their itinerary. Now, um, the developers I talked about, they're a young and ambitious VR company, and they created their own little engine to generate a 5G network. Now using this, it makes sure that the stream proceeds flawless and it isn't interfered by any other network. Now with these uh, VR glasses and laptops, we visited a lot of schools already, and um, we trained future operators. Now normally they visit ACTA um, for seven times, and creating this VR training, this time we went to them for the first training day. And this first day is actually made to explore a chemical plant, learn how to navigate, understand the, the structure, uh, read PNIDs and translate them to reality, but also communication and teamwork, and last but not least, of course, safety awareness. And all of these learning goals can be achieved using our VR learning solution. Some of them, like communication and safety um, even reach a higher potential, if you ask me. Uh, the fact, for example, that when you're focused on searching something or performing a task, uh, you do not easily see safety hazards. And VR even reinforces this focus. You, you put on the glasses and you're actually in a, a virtual um, environment. You're really focused. And another thing is the communication and teamwork. The one wearing the glasses uh, can't see the exercises nor the floor plans. Um, So they really need to communicate with each other to get things done. And um, it's a good preparation for uh, the situation that you will have when you're in a control room, for example. Uh, The one behind the screen can't see the installation as well. Um, and the one uh, in front of the installation can't see uh, the PNIDs or the floor plans um, that uh, his colleague has in front of him. So, um, we really had positive experience with this project. Um, schools still keep on calling us to, to come and um, have this first day in a virtual reality. Um, Even schools who do not train operators but just give um, a general chemical education and uh, we hope next year in September to uh, do it all over and uh, train a future new generation of operators with this project.
1: Sarah, and, and what is the reaction of the people that is, tra- is being trained with these with this, uh, prototypes? What, what did they say, the students or the trainees, as you, you also call them? Well, actually, um, almost all of the trainees were positive and
2: enthusiastic. Um, but I'm afraid there was some bias. Um, we organized <laughs> uh, this um, with young people. And um, yeah, this generation from, from 18 to 25 years old, let's say, uh, some of them come straight from school, others have uh, have done uh, have a little work experience, but they're all young. And this is a generation who grew up with technology. And in our experience, um, they have little resistance against these new ways of learning. Now, nevertheless, um, I interviewed some very experienced operators for another project. And yeah, they also believed in these new technologies. Um, they said that immersive technology can help to motivate and energize their colleagues to undergo further training, be positive about it, uh, wanting to learn lifelong. Um, so yeah, younger people adapted a lot easier, but more experienced operators there are also um, a lot of them who are positive now. Of course, when I did some interviews uh, in uh, chemical companies for the other project that we have, um, as I said, the bias was the fact that they had selected people who were already enthusiastic. So I'm actually curious um, if we would randomly pick some operators or technicians or shift leaders uh, and have them test our prototypes, how they would react.
0: I also think it's good to remember that we sh- we should be sort of comparing against their reaction against how they're currently trained with this type of training, because somebody might not like training in general, but as long as they like the, or they appreciate or they can see the value in um, in a training using an immersive technology, um, if it's more than that of their regular training' not yeah you're
2: absolutely right them it has to do with um, wanting to learn sometimes there's not uh, the habit in in uh, companies let's say to to learn there's a sort of feeling that I'm experienced I know the way things work and uh, whether it's um, a classical training or an immersive training sometimes it's the the spirit that needs to be changed um but I think immersive technology can help um, with this problem it, it can tease um, the interest it can can motivate them make them curious to want um, to still to still keep uh, updated and want to learn.
0: It's also interesting to think about how new people so like you're saying um, the future operators maybe if they have access to, these experiences when they're younger, when they do enter the workforce, they might be more inclined to be open to that lifelong learning process and the ability to continuously learn on the job and not just sort of see their training as six months or one year before they start. And then they can sit back and relax for the next 25 years of their operator career.
2: Yeah, that's also the reason why we think it's important to um, invest in this younger generation and um, demonstrate these new technologies to them. They are actually the ambassadors um, for immersive technology. When they will be in the field in one or two or three years, um, they will um, they will be positive about it. And uh, yeah, if if their shift leader or uh, their their uh, boss comes with a project like this, they they will be the ambassadors. They they will support this and adapt it a lot easier maybe than um, the older generation right now.
0: I, I do wonder, do you think that there might be, the, um, do you think that the people who are at the schools, for example, that experience these immersive environments, that you might actually attract a different type of um, future operator? because they have this more hand, well, not hands-on experience, but at least a different experience. So otherwise they wouldn't have actually had this access to this type of uh, experience because they wouldn't have chosen to go to the pilot plant, for example
2: well this brings me to to um, a new project that um, we'll be working on this year well it's not new it's actually with our 360 VR solution but it has to do with um, attracting uh, youngsters um, to to working in chemistry and, and process industry. Um, There's a company who manages the the port of Antwerp and um, we had them over a few months ago and they just let us know that they are interested and they want to hire us with the 360 VR solution to introduce um, youngsters and and, and kids um, into chemistry, into industry. Um, So they would like to hire us with the 360 Solution um, for kids to to really learn to know what it's like to to work in a chemical plant, and I'm sure if they had this experience, um, it's a new world that opens. It's one of the possibilities for a future job that they hadn't even considered. Maybe they just thought about becoming a fireman or a businessman. Um, and with this experience of being in a chemical plant, I think I really believe it can motivate. Um, young people to to choose this um, subject, to study.
0: So we've, we've spoken a little bit about yeah. this um, from the trainees' perspective or the learners' perspective. Do you have any insight into how the trainers have responded to the prototypes?
2: Yeah, well, um, I'll speak for the trainers here at ACTA. They have mixed feelings. Um, on one hand, they are interested and curious. For example, when I'm testing VR glasses in my office, uh, lots of them come and have a look, they ask questions, um, they're curious, but on the other hand, they say that immersive technology can't replace the real thing. And yeah, you can't blame them. Um, you can't blame them. We have an amazing playground here at ACTA, a complete chemical plant where you can give very realistic trainings. And they're right, it can't replace real life training, but that's not the goal. Um, In my opinion, they are complementary. We we really believe in blended learning. Offering different methods to study a subject is a very great value, I think. It's the variation that helps to capture the content. And each method or tool has its own strength. Now, last Monday, um, I gave a workshop about immersive technology for future operators. And um, I wanted to learn them the procedure of rising a pump. And I used different learning tools. Now first, I show them a video um, in which one of our trainers at ACTA explains the procedure. Now I asked this teacher to also talk about logic, understanding why certain things work the way they work, and also mention safety issues. Now, um, then I asked them some questions about the content uh, using an online response uh, system. So uh, they answered these questions by using their smartphones. Now, and then the third step was the pro- uh, was training the procedure in VR. And afterwards, I asked them to compare the video and the VR training. And um, they said the VR training was much more immersive, much more real. They had the feeling that they were actually performing the procedure. And they spontaneously said that um, they were convinced that using this uh, immersive way to train would make sure that they remember the steps easier and longer. Now, they also said that they would have liked to do the VR training without having seen the video uh, beforehand. And then I asked them if they would have been able to answer uh, the online questions about the content, if they hadn't seen the video. And they said, oh, no. No, that would have n- would not have worked, and they realized that the VR was very useful to train the steps, uh, was a good way um, to remember the content, the procedure. But you also need a trainer to explain some understanding, some some safety issues, some um, difficulties. And if you combine these different learning tools, you get a very complete training and it's it's very thorough for knowledge retention. I really believe in this combination. Now, uh, another big project that we are working on here at ACTA um, has to do with creating testing grounds for um, Learning 4.0 in the chemical and process industry. Um, a project uh, partially financed by our Flemish government. Um, it's a partnership between an IT college Um, a research and development centre, ACTA, so a training centre for operators and technicians, and also a spearhead cluster for the chemical and plastic industry. Now, This partnership brings expertise in different domains together, as in the case of the Charming project. Um, What have we done so far? We started by interviewing operators, technicians, HR employees, training coordinators, shift leaders, to investigate um, the current ways of training and the potential problems that they experience right now. Now, taking this information in account, together with the fact that we wanted generic trainings so many companies could test our prototypes, um, we tried to select relevant cases. We also studied several immersive technologies, but finally we decided to work with VR and AR. Uh, These are proven technologies and they were also within the expertise of our partnership. So, um, two proof of concepts were created. Uh, First, a VR training using uh, the Oculus Quest glasses and controllers um, in which an operator can learn how to run the pump. And secondly, an AR training using an iPad to learn the checks you need to uh, perform before starting up a pump. Now the past years, the past year, we have done many interviews and, and testings with these prototypes, and this has given us a lot of knowledge about the requirements of successful immersive training. Now, of course, the goal of this partnership was to demonstrate and validate these new technologies, as well as to motivate to invest in them. Uh, the process industry in Flanders cannot stay behind. We must remain competitive. Um, so that's, why the reason, uh, that's the reason why the Flemish uh, government uh, invests in this project. And um, right now, we're
1: uh, working on a third prototype. So it seems that you have very different, um, yeah, not only prototypes, but different initiatives to start working and demonstrate this type of technologies. There Are there any f- future plans, like things that uh, Acta is already seeing ahead uh, once you've, you, um, yeah, you prove that the technology is well received, is well used? Do you have any, any insights on, on the future plans? Now, um, right now we're working on this third
2: prototype uh, in the Flemish um, partnership. Um, this prototype will be a VR training as well, and it's going to be about logout, tag out, and dry out. Uh, this is a procedure you need to perform in a chemical plant when, for example, an installation is sealed and uh, maintenance needs to be done. Now, um, for this prototype, this time we are actually working together with a chemical company. Uh, The procedure will be generic enough to be used as a demo and recognizable for other companies, but also customized to this specific company so they can actually start using the VR training afterwards. Um, One of the goals in our project is to guide and support companies. Uh, who want to create an immersive training and really customize it for them. Now, um, also, together with the same partnership, We are writing a manual for companies in the chemical and process industry who want to implement immersive technology in the training programs. Um, Moreover, we are also working on a a workshop to stimulate companies to use immersive technology. We want to demonstrate the technology and show them the possibilities. Uh, We hope that they get inspired and gain confidence in using extended reality. Um, Right now it's it's waiting on uh, the COVID-19 crisis uh, to go away and then uh, we hope to uh, be able to give our workshops in different companies. Um, We are also investigating new projects and potential collaborations. By the end of March, we hope to decide on some new projects. And of course, we keep involved in the Charming project. We are very happy to be one of your partners. Um, The Charming events and all the papers that uh, the PhD students write are very interesting. Um, Right now, by the way, we are also talking to Sophia one of the PhD students and um, there's a potential collaboration between uh, ACTA and her paper um, in September. Um, we hope that she can perform some testing uh, here at ACTA with uh, the prototype she's working on at Merck.
0: Yeah, and some of our listeners will might have remembered Sophia who shared some of her um, research in the past as well, sort of comparing um, a VR training simulator which was also using 360 degree um, video, I think in this case, um, compared to the pilot plant at Merck. Um, so you can sort of check back at early episodes um, for for information about that. I guess you, you mentioned um, already that you're developing some documentation for companies to adopt um, or maybe try to implement Um, immersive technologies um, in the chemical process industry, do you have any other general advice for companies or organizations looking to explore the potential of VR and AR?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, As I explained, we are working on this manual, Um, so we already have a lot of learnings and lessons learned. Um, now, what is the most important thing when you want to start with a VR or AR project is actually the same for all trainings. You need to start with the learning goals. Um, they need to be sharp and well-defined and then you need to investigate what the most adequate learning tool is to achieve these learning goals. Um, Maybe you just realize that an e-learning or a video is more suited. Um, Don't invest in technology just because of the technology, because it sounds fancy. Um, You need to be really convinced that there will be an added value. Um, Also, it's too expensive to make bad investments Um, and maybe you will be uh, demotivated and never want to invest again. So, now, what are cases uh, that are useful to train through immersive technology? Um, For example, emergency procedures. Uh, You can never train real life what to do, for example, when there's a fire in a chemical plant. You can pretend, but the situation remains artificial. And in VR, you actually experience and train how to perform certain actions under a big amount of stress and pressure. Certain emergency procedures also requires require special equipment, are hard to train, and because of that you tend to see that they are not trained as much as it should be. And I think immersive technology can take care of this problem. Now, um, procedures also suited to develop in VR and AR um, is the actual training of steps, remembering uh, certain actions. Now. I would, for example, recommend to choose um, procedures that all rookies have to do when they want to start at your company. In this way, the investment is worth it. Moreover, I would advise to foresee different scenarios. In this way, um, also more experienced operators and technicians can be trained. Nowadays, there are uh, developers um, who provide flexible software. Um, You can add or change scenarios as much as you want. Now, This makes sure that the training can be kept interesting and up-to-date for several years. Also, when a certain procedure changes that happens at chemical plants, for example, after an accident, um, your immersive training doesn't turn out to be worthless. You can just adapt it. Uh, Another grateful subject, I think, are malfunctions. Today, installations sometimes work flawless for several years. And then when there's a malfunction, nobody remembers anymore how to fix it. They even need to call former employees who are already retired to come and help them out sometimes. So um, if you can keep that knowledge up to date uh, using uh, immersive technology, that's a very useful case. Um, Now, I would also advise companies and organizations um, to implement VR and AR in a broader context. Um, Also provide other learning tools to study the same content. And um, don't forget the very interesting option to stream VR and AR training solutions and learn from each other. Uh, It can be used to work on communication skills, on group behavior. Um, So it's not just uh, an individual way of training. Now, um, I would also recommend to unite different experts. Charming is a very nice example of IT, engineering and education. And you need to assemble a team of people with uh, expertise in these different fields. If you leave one of them out, there's a big chance that the result will show flaws. It's also very important that these different parties ask each other lots of questions. They need to sit together on a frequent basis. And each time, you need to test the prototype, suggest adaptations, talk to each other. Now, the training needs to be developed step by step. Definitely avoid to let a developer work for months without showing you any prototype and just delivering the final results straight away. Um, Also, when you negotiate the prize, uh, include a follow-up for at least one year. There will always be growing pains or unexpected updates that cause troubles. And, yeah, well, I guess I could go on for a while, but these were my main advices.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot to learn from, from you and from ACTA for, you know, not only from companies that are also exploring these technologies, but also uh, the researchers here in, in the Charming Project. Because you've had this hands-on experience, you've worked with operators, you've worked with trainers, even uh, from even from the institutional perspective, where you have to think about funding and applying for funding. Even maybe for your example from the Flanders Government, um, this is this has been a very very valuable conversation um, for, for me personally, and and I hope uh, our, our listeners will will also um, enjoy it. Uh, maybe before we wrap up, um, Jesse, do you have any final questions?
1: Uh, not really. I'm just uh, also very happy to hear how ACTA is py- pioneering in using these different technologies, but not also the technologies, but the approaches, like you mentioned, the, blend- the learning, which I believe that it will really move the industry uh, forward and also sharing with other companies and and. and having these combinations uh, with research which will also be very good. So no 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 more questions.
0: And Sarah, before we uh, finish do you have anything to add?
1: Uh, well
2: I was very happy to be here today and uh, share um, yeah the knowledge and, and and the learnings that we have here at ACTA. Um, I'm looking forward to the events of Charming. Uh, the first one coming up is in uh, Copenhagen, uh, I heard. And uh, I already sent my uh, snail mail as uh, <laughs> they uh, they asked us to send. So I'm, I'm curious uh, what the package will be, but uh, even more about the new content and what the, the PhD students and professors have to share.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid that the... Normally we would be going to Copenhagen, but it looks like again we're going to be have a we're going to be having an online um, online event. But I guess you know there's also some positives to that. Um, oh
2: well, my uh, my avatar is uh, is ready for a, a new uh, <laughs> performance. And I might change her outfit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic!
1: <laughs> Thank you, Sarah, for for coming up coming with us today. It was really nice to hear what ACTA is doing and also of course uh, listen to you. Um, You're welcome. I was happy to be here. Bye.
0: The Charming Project has received funding from the European Union's Framework Programme for Research and Innovation through the Horizon 2020 Grant Agreement.